Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to this week's weekly news roundup. We got a good bit of news we had. We had the new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L, actually, because it's the long wheelbase version, come out recently, though... I will be doing a specific episode on that, so stay tuned. But for now, we are just going to get caught up on all the, you know, weekly news, I suppose. Starting with, can the 2021 Nissan Kicks lure you in with a $19,500 MSRP? The face of the 2021 Nissan Kicks will officially launch stateside in February. 2021 model year may have been your last chance to get a cyber orange Ford Bronco. Although nothing's official, more colors may be on the way for the 2022 model year Bronco. NIO unveils its first electric sedan, the ET7. In China, sales will start in 2022 with a starting price of around $69,200 if you want the version with batteries. Despite the pandemic, there was still a surprising amount of drunk driving in 2020. Moreover, according to the NHTSA, despite traffic falling, traffic fatality rates actually spiked. Ugh. 2020 just keep it we keep finding out just how bad 2020 actually was designer envisions futuristic ferrari for cyberpunk 2077 this is a digital artist take on what a ferrari le mans racer might look like in the year 2077 and if i'm honest it looks a lot more like the aston martin valkyrie than it does or valkyrie than it does a ferrari ken block's partnership with ford comes to an end after 11 years what comes next for the Jim Conemeister and his penchant for tire smoke remains to be seen. Fiat updates 500 model family in Europe with new trims and colors. The Fiat 500, 500X, and 500L receive a new trim range for the European market. The iX is almost a vehicle that's lost its soul, says former BMW designer. If you took away the grill, would you still know this is a BMW? Frank Stephenson ta takes on the iX. And to be honest, if you take away the grill and the headlights, like if you remove the front fascia, I would think that was more of a Citroen, maybe a Peugeot. Not gonna lie, that's that's what I think of it. Does it looks? It's just a very strange looking car that to me seems a lot more like a French MPV than it does a German MPV. Chrysler 300 SRT apparently reaches the end of the line in Australia. Local dealers say they can no longer order the 300 SRT. They're just going to sell the cars that are already in their stock. Tesla Model 3 windows shatter spontaneously minutes after taking delivery. This isn't the first such this isn't the first such incident as reports started emerging in early 2019. 2022 Ford Maverick's Ford Maverick snapped on the assembly line. Ford's entry level pickup shows its face ahead of a debut later this year. BMW wins U.S. luxury sales crown by less than 4,000 units. Only 3,816 sales separated first place BMW from third place Mercedes. I would imagine Mercedes is kind of fuming, but to be fair, 3,816 sales, that's not, that's a tiny margin. Who, who beat out Mercedes, though? I can't imagine it was Audi. Despite starting at $77,500, Nearly half of all Escalades are selling for six figures. Average transaction prices show how many people are willing to pay $100,000 for an Escalade. 2022 Range Rover interior spy with larger, inf larger infotainment system. 
The prototype appears to feature a number of components from the Velar and Discovery. Tesla Model Y gains entry-level standard range variant and newly optional third row. The new Tesla Model Y standard range starts at $41,990. Harman revisions the in-car experience with three new concepts. The company also unveiled high-tech headrests with mechanized wings that deploy and retract. Michigan's Ann Arbor Police Department to get two Ford Mustang Mach-E EVs. Sorry, I mean two Ford Mach-E EVs. The two Ford Mach-E police vehicles will be converted by a third party. Elon Musk overtakes Amazon's Jeff Bezos, becoming the world's richest person. The Tesla CEO's net worth is now estimated at a whopping 1.85, no, 185 billion. Not one point whatever, because that's peasantry. I mean 185 billion with a B. Cadillac turned to Guardians of the Galaxy spaceship control designers for Lyric infotainment. YouTube will need a Walkman to play tape cassettes though. Gordon Murray's new T50 car fan, not based on the Brabham BT46 F1 fan car. Unlike the Brabham's, which was a simple crude device, Murray says the T50's is much more sophisticated. GM has a new logo for the first time in nearly 60 years. GM gets a new logo as well as a marketing campa campaign to reflect its electric ambitions. Honda turned an N-Van into a cafe for the Tokyo Auto Salon. Honda wants to feed your cafe addiction with its latest concept. Hyundai officially confirms talks over Apple Car, then bizarrely backs away. The Korean car maker initially said it's talking with Apple, and then in a matter of hours, walked back. China's Ford Equator snapped before local market launch. The new Ford Equator includes a, a single screen in, encompassing the infotainment engaged cluster. Fiat 500X convertible is reportedly coming for the VW T-Roc Cabriolet. Not that many people are likely to buy it. The 500X convertible will reportedly use a folding soft top with a glass rear window. Average new car prices in the U.S. surpassed 40000 for the first time. The average down payment of new vehicles in the U.S. has also reached a record high. A Porsche Taycan just set a new EV cannonball run record. From New York to California in 44 hours. Search giant Baidu in talks to use Geely's C platform for smart EVs. Baidu wants to form a smart EV company with manufacturing to take place at Geely-owned plants. Chip shortage might end up hurting Honda's domestic output. Several car makers are having to deal with a global shortage of chips as demand goes up. 2022 Audi RS3 sedan flashes wide body and big exhaust pipes in new spy, sh in new spy shots. Apple's electric autonomous car will take at least five years to launch. I bet you it takes longer than that. Apple recently made a number of significant hires for its resurrected car project. Tesla pushes back deliveries of the Model Y in China. Tesla will start deliveries of a locally made Model Ys in China in the second quarter. Mazda expanding lineup and launching new inline 6 from 2022. Mazda will launch successors to the CX-5 and CX-8 in the next couple of years. Picasso PS01 supercar comes from Switzerland, weighs less than 2,000 pounds, and has 600 horsepower. The Swiss supercar will utilize a carbon construction and a powerful Italian V6. In before that, V6 is from a Giulia QV, which is actually a Ferrari California TV8 with two cylinders chopped off. Lucid may build a factory near Jeddah, I hope I got that right, in Saudi Arabia. Lucid recently completed the first phase of production at its Arizona plant. Aston Martin factory driver to attempt 200 mile per hour run with 40 year old Bulldog. 
Doing 200 miles per hour in a one-off concept car designed in the 70s takes a lot of guts. Rare 1965 Ford Shelby Mustang GT350R may sell for $1.5 million. This Ford Mustang Shelby GT350R race car has only been driven 4,930 miles. Rear automatic emergency braking could prevent a lot of, rear, a lot of fender benders. Although speeds are low, since, visibil since visibility is limited, accidents tend to happen more often. 475 horsepower Toyota GR Yaris by HKS, beat, HKS, sorry, HKS beats Nissan GTR Nismo on the track. The tuned to Toyota J, J, GR Yaris was, 0 .9, was 0.9 seconds faster than the GTR at the Sakuba circuit. And it, it looks like a Gymkhana car. It looks like, you know, Ken Block, you know, speaking of Ken Block, you know his old Fiesta Gymkhana car? Okay, imagine that, except if it was a GR Yaris. That's what that looks like, and it's epic! I wish they would, I wish they would give, put that arrow kit, or make that arrow kit an option on the street car, because it's fantastic. Next-gen Honda HRV Spy could debut later this year. The next-generation HRV will adopt a rakish rear window for a crossover coupe-like appearance. In other words, your cargo capacity is going to suffer. 2021 Dodge Charger and Challenger GT all-wheel drive updated with 20-inch wheels. The Dodge Charger and Challenger GT all-wheel drive now also receives slightly wider tires. Thank God! Mercedes's crossover journey began 25 years ago with the AA Vision concept. The AA Vision concept debuted at the 1996 Detroit Auto Show and previewed the M-Class. I didn't know they made a concept for that. I'm going to say something I never normally say, but I think the production car definitely looks better. At the very least, it's less cartoonish looking, for sure. Here are the 2022 Cadillac CT4V and CT5V Blackwings ahead of their debut next month. The CT5 Blackwing should have a supercharged V8 with around 650 horsepower. Toyota Yaris ad got banned in Australia, of course it did, for promoting unsafe driving. Advertising regulators claim the commercial could influence people to speed, and is very dangerous. More likely than not, people don't need an advertisement to give them a reason to speed. People hear speed regardless of the ads that are running our, on our cable networks. <laughs> Tropical Cabin's Ford F-250 Super Duty sedan is the Brazilian equivalent of the Asnom Palladium. It's basically, like in early 2003... Or, well, a 2003 Ford F-250, so an early, relatively early F-250, made to look like a Dacia Logan. I kid you not, it looks like a Dacia Logan, but massive. The Brazilian truck-to-car conversion comes from a company called Tropical Cabins. Yeah, your, your name is Tropical Cabins. Sorry, Topical. No, Topical Cabins. It says Tropical and then Topical. Either way. For a very fancy-sounding name, you made what is one of the cheapest cars still in production, i.e. the Dacia Logan. Why? Or made a bigger version of one of the cheapest cars on sale, the Dacia Logan. Why? Britain gains entry-level Toyota GR Supra 2.0 from £45,995, or what would probably be about $50,000 here, maybe $49,000 here in the U.S. There's also a new GR Supra 2.0 Fuji Speedway Edition, which is priced from £47,395, or likely $53,000 here in the US, if it was ever sold here. This 2022 Ford F-150 Raptor seems to, seems to have a rumbling V8. The 2022 Ford F-150 Raptor could get the supercharged V8 of the Shelby GT500. 
2021 Skoda Kodiak midsize SUV spy with minor revisions. The facelift of the 2021 Skoda Kodiak is likely due in a few months. 2021 Honda Civic Type R hit with a minor price hike. The 2021 Honda Civic Type R Touring starts at $38,890, or in other words, just a bit expensive for a Honda Civic. Then again, people were paying roughly similar money for a Ford Focus, so... But to be fair, that Focus had all-wheel drive and was basically a modern Cosworth, or Escort Cosworth, so... Mm, I suppose it comes down to, you know, pick your poison. VW Group Sale Group Sales Boss sees big growth sorry growth growth big growth potential for Skoda. Skoda models such as the Octavia use the same platform as more expensive VW brand models, yet are cheaper to build. FCA sold 20% less Dodge Vipers last year than in 2019. Wait, what? Other zombie cars sold by FCA in 2020 were the Dodge Dart and Chrysler 200. The Dart is surprising, actually. The 200 is not surprising. Mercedes unveils full-width AI-powered M-Bucks hyperscreen. The M-Bucks hyperscreen is said to be one of the highlights of the upcoming Mercedes EQS. The design of it's quite cool, actually. You know, speaking of the Dart, actually, you know the Dart's interior, how they had that, that black cover that kind of melded the TFT cluster and the 8.4-inch touchscreen together? So imagine that, except it's entirely screen. So you have the gauge cluster kind of going up, going... going it curves up, and then and then you have. I'm explaining this poorly, but you have a curve down, and then it's completely flat where the infotainment side of the touchscreen is. But it's it's sort of vaguely like the 2013 to 2016 Dodge Dart, where you had, again, you had that black cover or a pleak, if you will, that they put to sort of combine where the TFT screen is, where the 8.4 inch touchscreen is, with like a seamless black touch point. Well, I'll say touch point. Uh, but cover that's again what this is like and relatively similar in shape even but entirely screen it's not a cover it's all screen moving on though 2021 kia carnival lands in australia pricing details confirmed the 2021 kia carnival is available with four trim levels and two engines tesla model 3 tops uk sales chart in december outselling the vw golf the tesla model 3 outsold the vw golf last month by a by more than a thousand units Volvo says its future is electric, will triple EV production at Ghent plant by 2022. Volvo will start making a new electric vehicle at its Ghent factory later this year. McLaren launches celebrity esports competition. I'm not excited for that. The partnership with v Velo will pit celebrities head-to-head -head on a virtual racetrack. A little bit better. That is going to be it for now, though. We've actually run a little bit long in this segment. I will see you all after the break. Hey, hey everyone, we are back and we are actually going to start off reading three articles. The first one is the drunk driving one in 2020. I wasn't thinking I was going to read it, but I kind of got curious about what exactly they found in the study. So I was like, man, why not? A survey run by insurance provider Value Penguin has, fa Value Penguin, hmm? has found that 34% of respondents have driven while under the influence of alcohol in the last 7 to 12 months and 28% in the last 6 months. The company surveyed more than 1,000 Americans with a sample base chosen, chosen to reflect age, age ranges and gender. The, seventh, the, survey, seven, the survey found that men, 56%, are almost twice as likely to drive under the influence of alcohol than women, 29%. The survey also found that young people are likely to drive under the influence of the Gen Zers surveyed. Those defined here as 18 to 23-year-olds, 44% drove under the influence with 72% having done it in the last 7 to 12 months. Gen Xers, 
40 to 54 years old were the likeliest to have driven under the influence overall. Among that population, 57% admitted to having done it, though the majority said they drove under the influence more than a year ago. Millennials were the second least likely population to have driven drunk. According to this survey, 47%, and baby boomers came last at 27%. Indeed, this seems to be part of a larger trend. The JAMA Network Journal found that alcohol sales increased by 54% in March 2020 compared to March 2019 and through the year, Americans over 30 drank 14% more than they had in previous years. Meanwhile, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, found that despite traffic falling by 16% on U.S. roads in 2020, traffic fatality rates spiked. Evidence suggests that this is because people are engaging in more risky behavior on the road. Among the reasons respondents in the survey gave for driving under the influence, the biggest reason cited by 37% was only having a short distance to drive. Concern about leaving a car overnight was only blamed by 5% of those surveyed, while the price of a taxi or ride handling service was blamed by 14%. Of those surveyed, 16% said they didn't feel safe in a taxi, Uber, or Lyft. Women were more likely to ask a friend for a ride than use a rideshare. Despite the pandemic, though, 58% of respondents replied that the safest way to get home during the pandemic was getting a lift in was getting a lift in a rideshare or from a friend. Another issue is that Americans overestimate their tolerance. According to the survey, 31% of men and 14% of women believed they could drive safely after three drinks. According to the CDC, though, three drinks is enough to deteriorate motoring skills and your ability to track moving objects. Women were more likely to say that they didn't drink that they didn't think they could drink that they could drive safely after any amount of alcohol. Only 24% of men, meanwhile, thought that one drink would keep them from driving safely. All of this is surprising, since the number of people drinking at home has risen, whereas drinking in other locations has decreased. Well, that's not really that surprising. They couldn't go out to bars, they couldn't go to pubs or anything like that, so no wonder people drinking at home rose while drinking in other locations decreased. It was the only place they could drink. The likelihood of imbibing? The likelihood of imbibing at home rose from 42 to 51% during this time. Drinking at restaurants, meanwhile, fell from 14 to 11%, and drinking at a bar fell from 10 to 3%. Well, there you go. That just, that just vindicated what I said. People are still going out, though. The likelihood of drinking at a friend's house did not change through the, through the pandemic, with 11% of respondents calling it the likeliest place they would drink. That's despite 76% of people saying that they know that drinking after driving is not the best option. It's not, it's not an op- It's not the best option. No, it's quite literally a felony. Jesus. Someone, Scott Ahemi in the comment section of Car Scoop said, despite, no, because of. Seriously, people are bored. Bored wants alcohol. Alcohol leads to bad decisions. Bam! That's, that's about the chain of events when people get drunk. People are bored, bored wants alcohol, alcohol leads to bad decisions. That's about the best summary of being drunk I've ever seen. Next, we have the article on the Chrysler 300 SRT apparently not being sold or at the very least offered anymore in Australia. Chrysler will reportedly no longer sell the 300 SRT in Australia after 2021. And with it goes the last sub $70,000 AUD car on, on sale in the market. Although it still appears on the company's website, Chrysler issued an announcement that doesn't bode well for the car's future. The, three, the Chrysler 300 SRT ordering has been put on hold due to production constraints. We currently have stock available for customers and will keep customers updated once we have more information. Although Chrysler didn't say it outright, 
Australia's card vice cites local dealers who say they have been advised that they can no longer order the 300 SRT. Although many, stock, many have stock remaining, they say that production for Australia will not resume. It seems that the New South Wales Police Highway Patrol will get the last 300 SRTs. Chrysler has indicated that it will honor its contract with the police department, which expires at the end of 2021. Australia has a rich history with affordable V8 stretching back more than 50 years, with the first locally made Australian-designed V8 car entering the market in 1965 thanks to none other than Valiant. Ford and Holden soon followed. With the departure of the Ford Falcon in 2016 and the death of the Holden Commodore V8 in 2017, the Chrysler 300 SRT was the last affordable V8 left in Australia. Naturally, buyers can step up to a high-performance luxury car to scratch their V8 itch, but will need to shell out a lot of money for the pleasure. For Chrysler fans though, the problem runs deeper than simply V8s. Following the merger of FCA and PSA, there's been speculation that the brand, which has long been overshadowed by its staple mates like Jeep and Ram, could be killed off altogether. Although nothing is official, as we reported last week, Chrysler was on living Chrysler is living or was living on borrowed time even before this merger. In the US, its sales have been declining sharply, and its current lineup is very poor, consisting only of the 300 the Pacifica, and the Voyager. So never mind Australia. If the rumors turn out to be true, you may no longer be able to buy a Chrysler anywhere. And that, that is <laughs> easily, for me at least, the worst news of 2021 so far. <sighs> Things are looking very, very, very bad for Chrysler right now. If Chrysler does have, or if FCA, I should say, does have plans to revive the brand, they need to do it ASAP. No more waiting. Stop shoving product onto Jeep and Ram. You're letting a brand die on the vine. Something that a psychologist, a clinical psychologist that I watch, something that he said is so, so accurate to the situation. Doing something does not absolutely guarantee success. There is still room for failure. But doing nothing does absolutely guarantee failure. And that's what's happening with Chrysler right, Chrysler right now. So I'm sure the bean counters at Chrysler think somewhat, somewhat along these lines. We don't want to put any money or products into Chrysler because Chrysler is dying on the vine and that would be a waste of money. But the counterpoint to that is, yes, but by not doing that, you're making the situation worth and you're absolutely ensuring the death of the brand. You can't save the brand if you don't put any effort into saving it in the first place. You may not be successful for the first two or you may not see much success for the first two or three years, especially if you do it half-heartedly, but doing nothing is definitely is definitely the wrong way to go. That's not the solution. I'll tell you what though, I'd be very annoyed if they kill Chrysler before they kill Lancia. Lancia has been dead for three to four years now, maybe nearly five years, and nothing. Sergio Marchione is not above criticism and as such did nothing for Lancia. Lancia was already kind of dying before the merger with Chrysler and Fiat even became a thing, but Lancia, Lancia has been in limbo for far longer than Chrysler. And if Chrysler gets the boot before Lancia, and at least Chrysler's been getting some new product, the Pacifica, the Pacifica Hybrid, and then not really the Voyager, but still. And then for a time, the 200. But if Chrysler gets the boot before Lancia, that's a slap in the face. There's no other way around it. That is a complete slap in the face. Why would you keep a brand that you did nothing with, that served nothing for FCA's portfolio, yet you got rid of a brand that did, to some extent, serve a purpose, not a big one, but a purpose in Chrysler's portfolio? Why? 
enough about that, though. We need to get onto the last article, which is Frank Stevenson's take on the BMW iX. BMW's new design direction has not, be has not been without its critics. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The massive grills have been the subject of much controversy, but is that all? That's the question that Frank Stevenson, the designer of the original X5, among others, has set out to answer in his latest video. The focus of Stevenson's critique this time, though, is the iX. BMW called the iX the symbol for a new era of mobility. The EV is as long and as wide as an X5. Wow, that's way bigger than I thought it was. As tall as an X6 and has the wheelbase of an X7. This thing's just massive all the way around. According to Stevenson, that will likely give it great interior space. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and especially considering the batteries are very, are very probably mounted on the floor. Oh yeah, interior space has to be off the charts. It could also deliver nice proportions, but Stevenson's focus is drawn elsewhere. Firstly, and obviously, the grill, which he still thinks is too big. Then there's the lack of tension throughout the rest of the car. Although BMW intended this to be a minimalist design, Stevenson argues that it's too simple. It's gone too far the other way. It's not moving, he explains. For me, that's not the right way to design a moving object. I would prefer the vehicle to look like it's ready to move. He blames the absence of design lines for that. Although he understands, for, he understands BMW's affinity for simplicity, like with the grille, he says they've gone too far. The absence of lines can, al can almost turn a vehicle into something that is just static, says Stevenson. This car, I think, looks very static from the side view. All of this might come to BMW's desire to introduce a new design language. Ultimately, though, it looks like a vehicle that was penned by a product designer, not an automotive designer. And I think by that sentence, what the writer means is it doesn't evoke any emotion. It's very, very function-oriented, and that's good up to a point, but it's, it's, it lacks a bit of emotion, and it's very clinical. It's not inspired enough. Again, it lacks emotion. It's creative, but it's sort of, it's sort of like modern art. It's just a bunch of... Linear lines here and there, and then you're supposed to have a takeaway from it. It's like, what, what is this photo actually supposed to represent? What is the story here? What are, how are we supposed to feel? It's just a bunch, it's just a bunch of, how would my sister call it? Uh, oh, I can't remember right now. Geometric art, that's how she'd say it. And don't get me wrong, some geometric art is actually brilliant. This is not quite one of those cases. It's just a, it's just a bunch of geometric shapes stuffed onto a car. And I think that's part of the problem is to, part of the reason why, in my interpretation of what they mean, it lacks a little bit of emotion. It lacks tr real inspiration. It's, it's, it's modern art on wheels. And it doesn't make enough sense. Moving on, though. It's almost a vehicle that's lost its soul, says Stevenson. What I mean is not to criticize the product designer, but products, but products look like products and cars look like cars. It's not the same profession. If you took away the grill, Stevenson asks, would you be able to tell that this is a BMW? Now that is a very good question. So someone, Flynn, in the comments of this post said, it's not that it's terribly ugly, though I think that's up for debate. It's, it just has zero support in terms of the brand they think they formed. The e-tron is simply another Audi, and the EQC is not far behind, just another Merc. The i-brand that BMW tried to create failed years ago, and the fact that they still have an, have an eye department is ridiculous. Throw some batteries in the current X3 and X7 and call it a day. The whole eye crap is worse than any Audi infotainment system of the past. See, I disagree. I disagree. While trying to get the BMW iBrand off the ground has kind of failed, they ha to me, BMW hasn't really done the best job of putting the iBrand into the public into the public conscious. I don't think having 
an electric brand or an electric-only brand is bad. I mean, imagine if they did like a BMW iX. So instead, of, but instead of it being like the i4, where it's its own separate thing, it's just a, an i slash electric version of the X7, not the iX, but the i you know an iX7 or an iX3. But instead of it being like how SRT tried to claim that the SRT 300 and the SRT Challenger were their own thing, they would be electrified versions of the X3, the X7, the X5, etc. Or, and so on. But yeah, I don't know, it just... I don't know. I like the headlights, though. I do like the headlights of the iX. That's my favorite part. Anyway, though, that is going to be it for this segment. I will see you all after the break. Alright, 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 everyone. We are back! Skoda adds 197 horsepower, high-performance diesel to Octavia VRS range. Skoda's Octavia VRS lineup now consists of gas, hybrid, and diesel versions. New 2021 back-to-back, in fact, back-to-back Skoda. New 2022 Skoda Kushak SUV will target sophisticated Indian customers. The Skoda Kushak was previewed by The Vision in concept and will debut in March. New car sales dropped by almost 30% in the UK, but EVs surge. Sales of Electric vehicles jumped by a considerable 185.9% compared to 2019. Redditor creates digital car magazine using Forza Horizon screen grabs. All images were taken inside of Forza Horizon 4 with text from various British publications. Camaro sales tanked in 2020 while Challenger continues to sell well. Sales of the Chevrolet Camaro fell by 38.3% compared to last year. Wait, no, compared to 2019 because it's 2021. Camaro sales fell 38.3% last year compared to 2019. Waymo to stop calling their technology self-driving criticizes automakers who do. Waymo, you can't say that because you had been calling it self-driving technology, so you can't then criticize other automakers who do because you were in the same boat! You don't have a leg to stand on! Apparently, the change might be a dig at Tesla, but they still don't have a leg to stand on, okay? Okay. Ford Fusion Active, Active set to blur the line between crossover coupes and sportbacks. The Fusion is coming back, but it won't be the sedan you remember. While that makes me sad, to be honest, I don't totally care. Mostly because the Fusion was kind of a meh sedan to me anyway. This is, this is one of the only times where if it can be more interesting as a CUV, I'll be okay with it. Or as an Active, whatever that is. Cadillac to reveal CT4V and CT5V Blackwing on February 1st? Unlike the regular CT4 and 5V, the Blackwing versions will be full-blown sports sedans. Tesla's Sentry Mode camera will melt snow to give it a clear view. Tesla Sentry Mode can spot vandals regardless of the weather conditions. Mercedes M-Bucks Hyperscreen Teased will grace the EQS's dashboard. The M-Bucks Hyperscreen will span the entire width of the dashboard, as we heard in the first segment. Facelifted, Mitsubishi Mirage arrives in the U.S. with a host of improvements. The 2021 Mirage is better than ever, but prices now start at $14,295. New Toyota Land Cruiser could be offered with these three engines. The Toyota Land Cruiser will get two petrol engines and one diesel option. The new 2022 ID4 GTX is Volkswagen's performance electric crossover. With a little over 302 horsepower, VW's hotter ID4 GTX will hit 60 miles per hour in around 6.2 seconds. Kit car owned by David Hasselhoff looks set to sell for an absurd sum. Bidding on this car from Night from Night Rider has already exceeded the pre-auction estimate. Based on the 2022 Subaru Forester Illustrated without the camo, the 2022 Subaru Forester could be offered in the U.S. with a 1.8-liter turbo. Pagani teases shrieking banshee of a V12 engine for Wyra R, 
and it sounds more like an F1 V12 than a supercar's engine. Ford Bronco to get a Heritage Edition variant for the 2022 model year. The 2022 Ford Bronco Heritage Edition will be available in two and four-door guise. 2022 Honda Civic hatchback shows off compact design and spy debut. This is technically our second look at the 2022 Civic hatchback following last year's Type R spy shots. Kia Seed, no apostrophe D, lineup reshuffled and upgraded for 2021. Gets new 156 horsepower, 1.5 liter petrol engine. The 2021 Kia Seed, Seed Sports Wagon Pro Seed and Next Seed are on sale in the UK. Rivian raising more funds that could value it at $25 billion. Rivian will start deliveries of the all-electric R1T in the middle of this year. Strong demand for new cars during pandemic has US, U.S. industry feeling good about 2021. The likes of GM, Toyota, and Volkswagen have all reported rising sales in Q4 of 2020. Italian government open to owning stakes in Stellantis. France already owns a 6.2 stake in Stellantis through public bank BPI France. Williams expanding technical collaboration with Mercedes to mirror Haas's relationship with Ferrari. Williams will increase its technical partnership with Mercedes, beginning with the 2022 F1 season. 2021 Ford Expedition gains XLSTX base spec from $49,995, and no boy is it a base spec. The 2021 Ford Expedition XLSTX doesn't have third row seats or a standard Ford Copilot 360 system. Hmm. Yeah, that, the wheels are the worst part about it by far. Koenigsegg has no interest in an SUV, but might consider a Mad Mad Max-esque Jamera. Christian von Koenigsegg only builds vehicles he likes, and he is not a fan of SUVs. Thank you, good sir. Kia takes to the sky to reveal new logo and brand slogan. Kia's new logo was projected onto the sky in a record-breaking pyrotechnic display. And I think their new slogan is... uh, Movement that inspires or some some campy nonsense like that. Kia, movement that inspires. <laughs> just, just get out of here. It's just so corny. GM will reportedly build Honda EV in Mexico and Acura EV in Tennessee. What? What? When is GM... Since when is GM building a Honda? The Honda and Acura EVs will use GM's advanced Ultium battery. What? Whoa! Okay, that's big. Genesis and Kia to launch electric crossovers this year. Genesis and Kia's electric crossovers will use Hyundai's electric global modular platform. Carroll Shelby's personal Dodge Omni GLHS could fetch up to $75,000. The 86th of 500 ever made. It is powered by a 175 horsepower 2.2 liter four-cylinder engine. 100th anniversary limited edition leads the 2021 Honda... No... Mazda CX-3 Pack in Australia. The 2021 Mazda CX-3 100th Anniversary Edition is priced from 37690 Australian. 2018 Pagani Wire Roadster clad in blue carbon is just about perfect. The 2018 Pagani Wire Roadster sold at an auction for $2.37 million just 12 months ago. Rotary Engine making a comeback in 2022 as a range extender for the Mazda MX-30 EV. Not a bad idea. The rotary engine finally returns, but not in the way many were hoping for. Doggone it, Mazda! Why can't you make the RX-9? <laughs> we want our sports car back! Yeah, but that's not gonna happen. At least not yet. 
EVs outsell gas-powered cars for the first time ever in Norway, rising to a record 54% market share. The nation is trying to make all new electric to make all new cars electric by 2025. I don't think they'll quite get there, but at this rate, they're looking pretty close. Aston Martin forgot to add headliner foam blocks in the DBX during assembly. The defect may increase the risk of head injury to unbelted occupants during a crash. Well, the short solution for that is don't be unbelted, forehead. <laughs> anyway, though, that is going to be it for this week's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, well, thank you. But don't forget to hit the notification bell and then all notifications. That way you'll be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then just boot up wherever you get your podcast. Before you set off, type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.